The Sports Gambling Podcast is sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Use the promo code SGP50 to activate the offer. So enter SGP50 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today where you play, you win, and you get paid. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also sponsored by FanVest. FanVest Vagering Exchange will be the stock market for sports. FanVest is a digital exchange that lets you invest in and trade sports teams like stocks to monetize your sports knowledge without losing your wallet. On Sunday, March the 17th, FanVest are launching a free-to-play March Madness Portfolio Challenge where you can win a $5,000 cash prize for the winning portfolio. Beyond simply picking a bracket which locks you in for the entire tournament, FanVest lets you play throughout the final round. On Selection Sunday, sign up for free on FanVestWageringExchange.com to instantly receive a 1000 fan bucks to build a portfolio of your team's that you think will advance. That name again, FanVestWageringExchange.com. I told you I'd find a way back to you again. For about a year now, I've been hearing about this baddest woman on the planet. And you've heard about this, but I won the Royal Rumble match. I choose you. And at WrestleMania, I am going to break your mystique. And I am going to kick your ass in front of the whole world. I just realized that we are the same age.
You are listening to episode three of the Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. I know some of you guys are absolutely going to hate this show, but we are covering WrestleMania 35 that goes down tomorrow at MetLife Stadium and will feature an all-women's main event. You guys obviously hate this because it's not a real sport. It's sports entertainment. However, it is something you can gamble on, especially this event in particular, WrestleMania. It's the biggest wrestling event of the year, and every match will be available to bet on, and most bookies will be taking bets on this. Half of the U UK bookies are and I imagine a lot of the US books will be doing it as well it won't just be a case of being able to bet it at five dimes which is normally the number one site in the US for wrestling betting I imagine that this will be available to you everywhere as I said half of the books in the UK are doing it and we have well over 30 books and I can easily go right now and bet with 10 of them that I have accounts with so massive massive event as I said, um, and as you heard at the top of the show, this is going to be headlined by women for the first time. This is primarily due to the addition of Ronda Rousey last year. And because of that, we're able to headline a WrestleMania with the women. Ronda Rousey's been with the WWE for a year, debuted last year at WrestleMania 34, has gone on to become the champion and will now be defending this belt along with the other champion, Charlotte Flair, who is the daughter of Ric Flair. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Ronda is the Raw Women's Champion. And Becky Lynch is the winner of the Raw Rumble and is essentially the, the challenger in this. But the winner will take all of the belts. Both the women's titles, Raw and SmackDown, will be going to the winner. And for those of you who don't know, Raw is one show that happens on Mondays and SmackDown is another show that will be happening on Tuesdays and it will be moving to Fox in the winter and happening on Fridays in a massive multi-million dollar deal that the WWE did with Fox. So the odds for this main event see Becky Lynch as the 1-2 to two favorite, Ronda Rousey at 7-2 to two, and Charlotte Flair at 9-2. to two. I think the fact that this is closing the show tells me that Becky Lynch is going to win it. I think anything else is going to be a disappointment. The insider information that I have um, tells me that Ronda Rousey will be leaving WWE after this. And when Ronda Rousey signed, the deal was supposed to be for one year. And on her way out, she would be losing to Charlotte. However, when I say on her way out, I don't mean that she's leaving permanently. The idea is for her and Travis Bound to have a child. She wants to get pregnant and um, and then return to wrestling, I would assume, and probably not the octagon. There's far more options for her here. It's much easier for her. Um, she doesn't have to be demoralized by losses as we've seen in the UFC she struggles to cope with her losses and um, if she takes a loss here it will be a pre-planned loss quite clearly because we're not coming on here and pretending that this stuff is real but it is entertaining and it is something that you can bet on and in this instance I feel that Becky Lynch will be the one taking the title uh, primarily because this is the match that closes out Wrestlemania on the men's side, there'll be two title matches. So the Raw Championship's called the Universal title and the SmackDown Championship's called the WWE title. The, the, the Raw Championship is held by a guy that you guys will all know, and that's Brock Lesnar. 
and uh, Seth Rollins is the challenger who was the winner of the Royal Rumble. Now, this one is a complete toss-up. Both guys are at 5-6, to 5-6, to six, minus 120 each. Um, the interesting thing was is that Seth Rollins was a clear favorite a few weeks ago. So money is coming from Brock Lesnar. Whether it's smart money or not, I don't know. Looking at this card, um, before that line move, you had... Brock Lesnar as an underdog. You had Ronda Rousey as an underdog, and you had Daniel Bryan as an underdog. Daniel Bryan is the WWE champion on SmackDown. Now, looking back at WrestleMania history and WWE history in general on pay-per-view, they don't tend to switch all of the major championships on one show. They just never have done. It's complete overkill to do that. And uh, WWE do tend to avoid doing so. So, in my opinion, we are going to see either Becky Lynch losing, uh, Seth Rollins losing, or Kofi Kingston losing, who is the challenger for the WWE title. I would think that Becky has the least chance of losing, although Kofi's the strongest favorite out of the three. I think Becky has the least chance of losing because that's what's closing the show, and they will want a happy ending to this WrestleMania, especially as the women are main eventing for the first time. And um, as for Kofi Kingston, Kofi Kingston is the one to three favorite and Daniel Bryan is a nine to four underdog. Kofi Kingston has the opportunity to be the first ever black champion in the history of the WWE. Although the rock has been the WWE champion before he's part Samoan and part black. This will be the first full on black guy, full on African American to be WWE champion. If he succeeds, and with that said, um, I feel that Seth Rollins is the most viable candidate to take the loss here, even though a lot of people are sick of Brock Lesnar's title reign and the fact that he's a part-timer. I think out of the three, I would lean towards Seth Rollins, unless, of course, there is a major storyline in the works for Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston is a part of a tag team called The New Day, and um, his teammates have been supporting him all the way here to get this title match against Daniel Bryan. He's had to overcome a lot of obstacles to get to this point, including gauntlet matches, which is a match where you beat one guy after another, after another, after another to earn this title shot. He's also got the owner of the company, uh, Vince McMahon, against him, in the storyline anyway, obviously not in real life, otherwise he wouldn't be in such a prominent position. Um, For me, if Kofi loses this match, it'll be because his New Day partners turn on him uh, which would be a massive massive twist in the tale and that's a possibility as well but for me out of these three matches Becky's the strongest favorite and then Kofi and if there's going to be an upset I would say it's going to be Brock Lesnar and that may be indicative as to why the lines have moved there where it's a five to six five to six matchup looking at other matches on the card um, we've got Triple H versus Batista you may recognize Batista from Guardians of the Galaxy where he is Drax um, Triple H comes into this match as the 1-4 to four favorite he was 1-3 to three, so he's strengthened there Batista is the 3-1 to one underdog this is Batista's last match. Uh, he's he's said that as well um, in promos and in real life. He said he wants his last match to be against Triple H. The stipulation added to this, if Triple H loses, he won't ever wrestle again. I don't see a double retirement here. There's a lot of money to be made from Triple H continuing to wrestle for a few more years. And uh, I think this is the swan song for Batista. This is the way that he'll go out. And uh, Triple H is certainly the bet here at one to four. 
Another match on the card sees AJ Styles against Randy Orton and the odds have flipped over here because I feel that people are smart enough to now know how wrestling works. Um, Randy Orton was the four to seven favorite at the start of the week with AJ being at five to four. They're now five to six each. I'm leaning towards AJ here and minus 120 when you pick them. Um, I think fans picked up on the fact that Randy Orton hit his RKO finisher on AJ on Monday um, when AJ tried to hit his phenomenal forearm off the top rope. Randy Orton hit with the RKO. Now, this would have probably been the planned finish had Randy Orton been booked to win this match. However, I feel that that isn't going to be the case. I think that what normally happens is, is the person that gets the upper hand on the last show on TV usually loses the match on the pay-per-view, and I feel that's what's going to happen here with AJ Styles. I love the build-up to this one, by the way. They've really gone down an interesting path where AJ Styles is the guy that took ages to get to the WWE 15 years and worked on the independent scene, which is um, gymnasiums and things of that nature and high schools and whatnot. Whereas Randy Orton just hit the big time instantly and has been in there since his early 20s. And he's in fact the youngest WWE champion in history. But AJ took a longer time to get there, didn't get into the WWE until he was in his late 30s. And that's kind of been the build to this where Randy Orton's been saying, you were in the bingo halls, you were in the gymnasiums while I've been in the big time my whole career. And the reason you didn't get here is because you're actually not as good as you think you are. So an interesting one there um, other matches on the card a friend of mine Drew McIntyre is going up against Roman Reigns Roman Reigns is the guy that they tried to build as the new number one star in the company unfortunately it didn't really work out because the fans saw that they were shoving Roman Reigns down their throat and turned on him. And um, then he got leukemia as well, uh, something that he had previously in his life, and it came back. However, since he's come back, because of the sympathy that that's generated, the fans are getting behind his back. And that is coupled with the fact that Drew McIntyre is using the leukemia in his promos um, and saying stuff about it in order to get underneath Roman Reigns' skin and to get the fans to boo him and to continue cheering Roman past the point of his return and continuing to cheer him week by week. At the moment, it's working and they've told a good story here. Drew has beaten up Roman week after week on TV and is trying to show people that he is weak and hasn't fully recovered from the leukemia. You know how this story goes. Roman Reigns will end up winning at WrestleMania and he's the one to four favorite to do so. And Drew McIntyre is five to two. I think an excellent bet on this card is parlaying uh, Roman Reigns with Triple H and possibly adding uh, Finn Balor uh, because Finn Balor will be taking on Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental title where he is the one to seven favorite. Um, He's definitely not going to lose this match. He's portraying his demon character. And when he portrays his demon character, which is his black and red demon face paint where he morphs into a different character and alter ego as such um, he's undefeated in that character or since coming to the WWE so there'll be no way that he's losing that match a uh, few more matches to cover here um, I'm not going to cover everything um, we've got Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle where Kurt Angle is the one to two favorite and Corbin is six to four I feel that Angle wins this match and possibly ends up facing John Cena. I think this is where John Cena fits onto the card. If this isn't where John Cena fits into the card, then I think Baron Corbin will end up winning this match and could be a good bet at 6-4. to four. 
Another match is a falls count anywhere match between the owner's son, Shane McMahon, going up against The Miz, where The Miz is the four to seven favorite and Shane is at five to four. I wouldn't bet this one because of the falls count anywhere stipulation. I feel that Shane could use people to win this match because it allows him to turn it into a three-on-one, four-on-one, five-on-one. And seeing as he is part owner of the company, he could do that. And um, he's due a win because he often loses at WrestleMania, whereas The Miz also loses often at WrestleMania. And um, this storyline could be prolonged by Shane by Shane winning. However, if The Miz wins, it's not going to be a big surprise because, like I said, he doesn't have a great record at WrestleMania and he is a guy that they want to get behind. He's been a hard-working guy for them ever since he's got there. He's grown in popularity and has earned the respect of the fans year by year, which is why he can now play a babyface character. A babyface is a good guy. That's wrestling terminology and a heel is a bad guy. Last thing I want to touch on is the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which will be on the pre-show portion of WrestleMania, which is now a seven to eight hour show, which is long. I will have to sit in MetLife for the full duration of this tomorrow. Um, the favorite to win this is Braun Strowman. He's at even money. Everybody else is eight to one or bigger, including a price on Rob Gronkowski, who is rumored to be coming into the WWE, and he's 16 to one. You also have um, the Saturday Night Live guys, Colin Jost and Michael Che. They're both 33 to 1. I can't see past Braun Strowman. He was the most popular guy in the WWE throughout 2018 and has somehow found himself stuck in the Battle Royal, which is not considered to be a good spot on the WrestleMania card. I think if he's in it, which he is, he has to win it. And uh, I'm going to pick Braun Strowman to win this one. So... That concludes your WrestleMania chat. We're now going to move over to the boxing, which I did mention on my shows this week on the SGP. And we are going to look at the heavyweight division. And before we do that, this is a summary of where we are at currently with the heavyweight division. What about the rematch? There, uh, obviously, this didn't end. Nobody won this decision or won this fight. Your thoughts on the rematch and would it be your next fight? I don't know if it'll be my next fight. I would love for it to be my next fight. Why not? Let's get let's, let's get right back into it and get the fans what they want to see, you know. I think it was a great fight, and uh, we need to do it again. In the United States or the United Kingdom? It doesn't matter to me. You know, whatever makes sense. We make, whatever makes the most money, let's go here. I think we can do it again in America. Okay. Let's go to England as well. So it, it doesn't matter to me. Tyson? I was looking for Tyson. Talking to Shelly Finkel right now. A rematch? Would you come back to the United States? When will it be the next fight? Do you know what? I've been away from my family for 10 weeks when I go back home. I've got four kids and one on the way. And I just want to spend some time over the Christmas with your family. Well deserved. But if, but if you have another fight, would, would this, what you want to be your next fight? Listen, 100%. We'll do the rematch, but we're going to go away, recalculate, see what's going to happen, get back together. We are two great champions. Never mind anybody. Me and this man here are the two best heavyweights on the planet. I stepped up out of the amount of time I had out of the ring. There's another certain heavyweight out there. Buck, 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 All right, buck, buck, what, what, what? Chicken, chicken, Joshua, where are you? Where are you, AJ? AJ! two best in the world and uh you know and we proved it tonight you know when you get two wars in the ring that wants that wants to give a great show for the fans you get a great you get a great fight you know and uh that's what we we proved tonight and um i'm ready to do it again 
may I just set this off? You heard okay. Deontay Wilder sit right there yeah. and say, I want Anthony Joshua. The question is, does he really want me? Do you really want Deontay Wilder? I think it's simple. When I've listened to what he's been saying, that there does need to be one champion and one face. And we've both got an opportunity where I have no mandatories. He has no obligations. I'm more than willing to fight Deontay Wilder April 13th in my backyard this time in Wembley Arena, you know, in front of 100,000 audience. So I'm very keen to make that fight. But no fantasy contracts, just reality. You know, bringing our worth to the table and bargaining and negotiating what we're worth and making well, this fight happen. Anthony, thank you for being on the show, my man. Sorry I couldn't be there with you today in studio, but it was good seeing you at the NBA playoffs a few months ago. Yes, sir. You know, when, when you look at Wilder, you heard what he had to say. He's given us the impression, both myself and Max, it was a fight that he's wanted. It's a fight that he was ready to sign on for. He damn near said it wasn't even supposed to be Dyson Fury. It was supposed to be you, but you and your folks are who made it difficult for this fight to happen, and that is the only reason it did not happen. Am I right? Max and interpreting that's what Wilder basically said because sure. that's what it came across as saying to me yeah so yeah. how I see it is that we can go tit for tat and say he said she said he said she said I think in the reality and the scheme of things it's a fight that we have to have we're both in the same generation the same era we're both heavyweight champions of the world so with that being said as I said like there's no fantasy contracts. It's a situation where it's reality. Like, I don't like coming to a stage in my career when I'm just talking about um, what I'm worth and negotiations and what we're bringing to the table. It's a fight that has to happen. As I said, I'm holding four of the major world title belts and Wilder holds one. So in that sense, I feel he should come to my backyard and fight me. When and you're the ready. bigger economic engine. You, when people talk about, like Canelo's, about Canelo's the biggest engine in the sport. In fact, you are the number one star in worldwide boxing. Canelo mm. is too close, but you're number one right now in the absence of Floyd Mayweather. You're the heavyweight champion of the world or a heavyweight champion of the world. You're an undefeated Olympic super heavyweight gold medalist. You're entering your physical prime and you put 100,000 people in Wembley. So I get your argument. I have the economic clout. He's not coming in as partners. I should get a bigger slice of the pie. Let's have a realistic negotiation. A realistic conversation. Anthony Joshua is the man that I want. You know, uh, right now I want to go get Parker as well, too, for, the, for, the, for his belt. He got the WBO belt, and I want to go unification with that one. And then at the end of the year, or probably sometime this time next year, me and Josh will have a mega unification bout. I bring my belt to the table. He has his belt to the table. Winner take all. Winner considered to be the baddest man on the planet. So as you can hear from all of that, it's just a big, big mess with everybody challenging everybody, nobody putting any fights together, and everybody ending up taking easy mandatory fights. And we have no big heavyweight fights coming here in 2019 and the top four in this division at the moment are undoubtedly Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury and then just coming up on the outside you have Dylan White from the UK as well. It looked like Dylan White was going to fight Anthony Joshua but he thought the offer was disrespectful. I believe he was offered five million pounds to fight Anthony Joshua Wembley Stadium, but obviously that ends up only working out to him receiving 10% of the purse, which he thought was an insult, and even he decided not to take the fight. So if you have Dylan White not taking fights, you really do have a big, big problem, and that's where the heavyweight division is at at the moment. The Wilder Fury rematch 
isn't happening um, and the Wilder versus Joshua fight isn't happening either. Now, this comes down to the fact that not only do they want to protect their records, but they all fight for different TV companies as well. So it gets even more convoluted and complicated when you have Anthony Joshua over here fighting for Sky. You have um, Tyson Fury fighting for BT Sports, so that fight can't happen. And um, over here... In America, you have Dante Wilder fighting for Showtime. Um, Tyson Fury has signed for ESPN to be his um, fight distributor here in the US. And Anthony Joshua is fighting with DAZN. And it looks like Dylan White will be going with ESPN. So there is a possibility that we may see Dylan White taking on Tyson Fury. But I would say out of all the possible fights, that's the lowest ranked one that we probably want to see. We'd rather see... Dylan White in there with Dante Wilder or having a rematch against Anthony Joshua because that's a big rivalry and all of the Dylan White fights in general are the lowest ranked because we do want to see this top three mix up with obviously Joshua versus Wilder the unification fight at number one but then with Fury saying he's the lineal champion him fighting against any one of the two would be a big fight the rematch between Fury and Wilder would be massive or a Fury and um, Joshua at Wembley would be an absolute sellout you could sell it twice over so it's unfortunate that we are in a situation where money and tv companies and people fearing to lose their unbeaten records because let's not forget three of these fighters are unbeaten so dylan white has the least to, to lose it is surprising that he would turn down a five million pound deal but that's the situation at the moment and um it really does benefit the likes of um parker and the others are sitting on the outside because they're the ones that are going to pick up these big money fights against these uh, top heavyweights, against this top three, because at the moment we are an absolute stalemate where they will not fight each other whatsoever. Um, if we look at the upcoming fights that, the, that they all have, they're very, very, very easy fights. You have Dante Wilder versus Dominic Brazili, where Dante Wilder is the one to five favorite. I would say that he would be probably closer to, to one to 10 because there's no way that he's losing to Brazili, a guy that Anthony Joshua destroyed. Joshua fights on the 2nd of June. He goes up against Jarrell Miller, where he's the one to eight favorite. And that one will be happening here in New York at Madison Square Garden. That's where I am now. And that's where I'll be going in a couple of weeks to watch the Amir Khan versus Terence Crawford fight. We'll talk about that one at the end. And um, the last fight here in the heavyweight division is the... Um, is the Tyson Fury fight. And Tyson Fury has taken a fight against Tom Schwartz, where he's the one to 50 favorite, which makes it look like that one in particular is the easiest fight in a bunch. So absolute stalemate here in the heavyweight division, unfortunately, which is a contrast to the situation which has brought about a fight between Amir Khan and Terence Crawford, which is a really, really good fight. It could be Amir Khan's last fight of his career. He's decided instead of taking a domestic fight against Kell Brook, he's gone for Terence Crawford, a man who many rank as the pound-for-pound favourite. Sorry, the pound-for-pound pound number one in the world. However, there obviously are a lot of other fighters in that discussion. Uh, Lomachenko, for one, Canelo, and of course, Errol Spence, who did a really good job a few weeks ago on Garcia. 
But for argument's sake, let's say it is Terence Crawford. This would be a monumental win for Amir Khan. It would completely reestablish him. Um, a respectable defeat as well wouldn't wouldn't necessarily spell the end of his career. There would still be fights there for him. The Kelbrook fight is a big money fight he could have in his stadium in England and could cash in on that at any time. But it's not about cashing in for Amir Khan. He truly wants to test himself against the best. He's never ducked anybody throughout his career. He's gone in there with everybody, be it Maidana or Canelo or um, Danny Garcia. He's fought everybody and he's proven it again here by taking this fight against Terence Crawford. And it's going to be a banana skin for Crawford, although Crawford is ridiculously uh, the one to eight favorite here and two to five to win this by a knockout. Um, I don't see Terence Crawford winning this via decision unless he has a significant number of knockdowns in the fight. If this does get to points and Khan hasn't been on the floor and he can box cautiously and he can avoid that big punch. Um, then Amir Khan could win this fight and he's 10 to 1 to win this via decision which is a massive massive price because if the te boxing technique is still there and uh, the speed is still there then Amir Khan is going to be a big problem for Terence Crawford and that's why I'm flying out to Madison Square Garden I'm actually leaving New York on Thursday and then returning the Thursday after. So I'm going back to London for one week, then coming back out here to see this massive fight. And we'll be doing a proper preview on this and the undercard next next week or the week after. It will definitely be episode four here, regardless of the fight show. And it'll be out at some point in the next seven to 10 days. Where we'll be breaking this one down properly because it deserves proper attention. I just wanted to touch on the... Um, the situation with the heavyweight division and everything else that's going on at the moment. So, as you know, we covered WrestleMania at the start. If you want the official WrestleMania picks, go to my website, lockbetting.com, where we have given out our WrestleMania picks, and you'll be able to see who I've gone for officially and how to parlay those selections so lockbetting.com is the site for that. And you'll also have my boxing picks for all of these major fights. And there's loads of them coming up in a few weeks. Um, we have Lomachenko boxing tonight. Uh, Terence Crawford versus Amir Khan on the 20th of April. We have Canelo Alvarez and Daniel Jacobs having a massive fight on Sunday, the 5th of May. There'll be another edition of the fight show for that. And of course, as I mentioned, we have those heavyweight fights. And we have Alexander Usyk against Carlos Takam in Usyk's first heavyweight fight coming up on the 25th of May. So lots and lots of boxing, even though the top heavyweights are not getting it together. There's still plenty of boxing coming up in the future. And of course, there'll be some UFC to look at here as well on the fight. So, but we're not going to dig into that. We've already gone long enough here covering many, many aspects, as I promised that we would do over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network shows, the um, the EPL show that I did this week, which, by the way, the lock landed again today. So we are at 40 and 8 for the season. 40 out of 48 locks have landed. So make sure you check out the EPL show and make sure you check out my shows coming up at the start of the week Champions League match betting where we break down the first legs of the quarterfinals that's it from me good luck with your bets for Wrestlemania and thanks for listening
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.